It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, Bent, we're back. We did a little halftime broadcast. It was 24-0 at the time. This time around, David Bell and Jeff Driscoll have caught fire. They have back-to-back deep touchdown passes to cut the lead to 31-14. The Bengals still lead. This game's essentially over. All Browns fans should be watching what happens in Jacksonville as the Jaguars just got the ball back down eight points with three minutes to go, and they are getting ready to attempt a game-tying drive. This game doesn't matter at the end of the day. It really makes no difference, but it was nice to see David Bell kind of get in on the action, show a little bit of spark, a little bit of life to this offense that, other than those two drives, looked uh, pretty anemic. Earl, Cedric Tillman got knocked out, but David Bell stepped up big. It's pretty impressive. I mean, we don't see a ton of downfield passing in the t- entirety of the season, they've done a lot more with Joe Flacco, but it was nice to see David Bell kind of step up, and he only has two catches, but you can't have two bigger catches than he's made today. No, good for him. Good way to close out the season for him. I mean, it's, it's nice for the stats. Uh, I mean, for him. So it's uh, a yeah. nice little garbage time touchdown there. So um, it was just I'm one not- of those games. I think everybody was just ready to kind of, like, get through it and get yeah. it over with. Well, on, on the flip side of that, Earl, Tillman got knocked up. Banged up at the end with the neck injury. Uh, Pierre Strong had to get carted off the field, which he's a great special teams player. Say what you want about his uh, him as a running back, but special teams-wise, he's been one of their better special teams players. Shelby Harris got injured. He uh, stayed up to the fans. He'd be ready for the postseason. But even when you try and keep guys healthy, if they're on the field, it's a violent sport. There's nothing you can do to guarantee somebody will not get hurt. So hopefully a speedy recovery to those three. And if I'm missing anyone else, obviously we're hoping for a speedy recovery from them as well. Yeah, big facts, man. Injuries happen, right? That's that's the National Football League, even in a game like this. If you plan, you're subject to getting hurt. Uh, you know, hopefully all three of those dudes is ready to go come to play all time. Um, but it sucks whenever whenever anybody get hurt. So Yeah. And I know you, uh, you've been locked into this game, dialed oh. in. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, it's, I'm, it's been tough to watch. I do. I, I was making food this morning, watching it and just like, okay, cool. Hey, it's a game. I'm, we're all excited for the playoffs. Let's be excited for the playoffs. It was a game guys. Like, yeah, no harm, no foul. This one. I thought Alex Wright played a solid second half. He had a sack four straight games with the sack to end the season. He'll end the season. Assuming he does not have another sack here in the final two minutes with five on the year, half a sack behind Zadarius Smith for the team lead. We saw a couple guys get in on the action as well. Isaiah McGuire had his first career sack. Driscoll ended up with the two touchdown passes to David Bell. But other than that, it just not a lot going on. And frankly, I wish CBS would change this game to the Jaguars game so we could see the ending of Tennessee-Jacksonville as opposed to 
the last few minutes here of a 31-14 Bengals win. Yeah, uh, so I kind of tweeted this out earlier this week. I kind of felt like I thought Houston would beat the Colts and I thought Tennessee would beat Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville been on the decline for the last four weeks. I looked at this as, you know, Tennessee, this is a divisional game. Tennessee is playing at home. Uh, you got Derrick Henry and possibly his last game ever with the Titans. He balled out. He, you know, Ryan Tannehill, for him, this is an audition to see what team he can possibly play for uh, next year. So, and there's nothing sweeter than kind of stopping a division rival from not making the playoffs. And so when you look at everything like that, I just kind of felt like this would be a game that uh, it wasn't going to be easy for Jacksonville. I mean, as far as how this how this relates to the Cleveland Browns, I've, I've talked to people on the radio and I've, I've seen a lot of people on social media, um, you know, oh. kind of signal to the point that with C.J. Stroud, it's a tougher task. And that's true. But on the flip side of that, this is a rookie quarterback making his first ever, uh, you know, playoff appearance start. And I'm pretty sure Jim Jim Schwartz will be ready for that. So we good. Well, it is officially C.J. Stroud. The Jaguars have turned the ball over on downs, according to the ESPN GameCast, Trevor Lawrence. Pass to Evan Ingram on fourth and two fell incomplete. So Tennessee takes over. Jacksonville is out of timeouts with a minute 47 left. So barring some sort of catastrophe for the Tennessee Titans, a fumbled victory formation snap or something along those lines, Cleveland Browns will be headed to Houston to take on the Texans when they played a few weeks ago. It was an absolute bloodbath. I believe, I believe it was 37-7 when the Browns called off the dogs, and then Houston scored two garbage time touchdowns. The difference now, C.J. Stroud's playing, Nico Collins is playing. Those two did not suit up in the first matchup. But either way, the Browns will most likely be favored in either matchup. And I think you like your chances against either of those two teams. But now it's Houston, and I still like the chances the Browns have against Houston. I can tell you now, barring some injury situation that happens during the week, I'll be picking the Browns to beat the Texans in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, same here, man. I'm I'm not really – I ain't taking them lightly, but, you know, I feel like at this point I'm more concerned about the Cleveland Browns self-implode than beating the Cleveland Browns versus any yeah. team in the AFC beating the Cleveland Browns. And so as long as we come out here ready to play next week, um, ready to kind of lock in and handle our business, we'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like the tape is the tape is out there from last from, from last game, and this is a whole different season now. Right. And yeah. this is where that one and no mantra really, really starts to take precedence. This is something that Kevin Stefanski has preached since he's been a head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And this is the first time that it's held this much weight. So, you know, slate is clean now on to the Houston Texans, man. And let's just do what we got to do to come away victorious. We'll be all right. Go yeah. Browns. And we're going to spend, like I said, Earl, probably a 10 minute post game show. Not a ton to talk about. We're going to spend all Not week it. talking about. The, uh, the Texans are getting ready for that matchup. But the game just went final, 31-14. The Browns end the season with an 11-6 record, the fifth seed in the AFC playoffs. They'll head to Houston next week for the wild card round. Earl, if I had to ask you today, based off what you saw from Jeff Driscoll, is he QB2 in the playoffs, or do you go back to P.J. Walker? Uh, I, don't, I really don't know, man. It's, it's really hard to say now, to be totally honest with you. I mean... He didn't look good at all, right, at all. And it's not like P.J. Walker has looked any better. I can just tell you this. If Joe Flacco can go down, we in trouble. You know what I mean? I thought this was an opportunity for Jeff Driscoll to kind of secure himself as QB2 for the entire playoff run. 
and he didn't take advantage of the opportunity. Clearly, Cincinnati came out here ready to play as they should have been. You know, this is the team that was winless in the AFC North prior to today, and they did not want to finish their season uh, with that being the situation at hand. And so, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm being totally honest. It's, yeah. it's really hard to say. I just really, I, I, I just really hope it's not a conversation to even be had. You know I'm I mean? only asking in the in the hit button in case of emergency because we got to talk something about this game. G, I'll ask you the same question: What you saw from Jeff Driscoll? Hopefully, we don't have to have this conversation, but we do have to have it at least today and tomorrow. Is he QB two behind Flacco, or does that honor go back to PJ Walker as the Browns prepare for Houston? Or do you bring in someone else, a, a six quarterback? <laughs> it's flip a coin time. It's flip a coin time. I mean, I, I guess you could say PJ Walker. Um, one of the things that you look with, with Driscoll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think if he was prepared, like if I think if um, he had a week pre- pre- preparation, he was playing with the ones and uh, he he did his thing. Guess what? I think he might be able to do something other than that. You know, I, I can't really, really take him, check his temperature right now when he's playing with the JVs today. The JVs yeah. got their money off and, and and we got we got did like the JVs. We got beat like on a Wednesday. In the middle of the week, <laughs> at, at six o'clock after school, and and we got we got punished like the JVs got punished. So I, I really can't take too much uh, uh, away from it. Nah, this game meant nothing in the big picture. We said all week leading up to it that win or lose, the Browns were in the playoffs. They knew their spot. Uh, and I asked Earl a second ago, so I'll ask you this, and then Earl will move on to the next topic. But the Browns did everything they could to stay healthy this week. No Flacco, no Cooper. They had inactives. Even guys who were active didn't play. But still, injuries are inevitable when it comes to football. You saw Pierre Strong get carted off. We saw Shelby Harris limp off the field. We saw Cedric Tillman have to go back and get checked out after a hard hit to the back of his neck and head area. But overall, did you feel like the Browns did a good job positioning themselves for the deepest, most successful playoff run possible with how they handled today's game? Yeah, listen, uh, anytime you got Miles Garrett and them boys nodding off and look like they're about to go to sleep and Joe Flacco being sleepy in the face, that's exactly what I wanted. I wasn't worried about whatever was going on out there. They could be sleepy all they want to. Listen, those guys out hard call. Somebody called Shelby Harris talking to a fan on the way out. <laughs> and yeah, he looked like they, he, he looked like, hey, listen, I'm be all right. Don't even worry about that. I'm going to be cool. Uh, Cedric Tillman, uh, I hope he's all right. But like I said before, Cedric, tell me you might want to start finishing these routes, bro. I'm tired. I'm tired of you pulling up on these routes and, and, and with these mythical interceptions. So, you know, and, and I, I kind of heard what Earl was saying before um, with, with the with the you know the Texans. Hey man, screw the Texans. Hey man, screw the Texans. Let, let, let's get this one thing. Listen, let me get this one thing right clear. I like C.J. Stroud. But honestly, I didn't watch C.J. Stroud look terrible against Michigan Wolverines. Don't have me out here like C.J. Stroud is is the next coming of Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham. I like you, dog. You a nice piece. You're going to get better. But you need to be walking off that field talking about, well, C.J. had his tough one this weekend. And, you know, that Browns defense just, you know, he just they came against a bus. So I'm not going to be running away from no rookie. That's like somebody being like, hey, look. G. Bush, you got a you got a podcast to do. Your co-host is this young boy out of OCB. He, he just came out of Ohio Media School. He gets smoked. 
What are you talking about? Why would I be scared? No, I'm not supposed to show him what the ropes is. I'm supposed to show him how, how to move and do his thing. Not no, be scared. I'm going to get upstaged by a rookie. I like him. I like CJ Stroud, but this CJ Stroud respect, listen, he is not the boogeyman. He can get that work too. I saw you lose to Georgia. I saw you lose, lose to Michigan a couple times too, buddy. Stop playing with me. We ready to go. I think it's context, yeah. I think when the question was phrased, are you scared of any team? The answer is no, but you obviously want to play certain teams more than others. So, you know, I, 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 just, I just, not to cut you off, yeah, but yeah. I, I think like, like when we phrase questions, man, using terms like scared, like that, that, that's, that's the wrong terminology. Did we ever use scared though? It was who would you least want to play? I mean, if, if the, if, if the opponent is not Jesus, I'm fine. <laughs> well, I'm saying the, the question is who is the least one of the point, like, That's the like, only person I'm scared to. Pick like, <laughs> like, like I, I guess, like I hear the question, but I mean, for me, honestly, I don't care. Like, I, I, I really don't care. I've seen so much from the Cleveland Browns that I really believe the Cleveland Browns just don't have to beat themselves, Let's and go. we'll be okay. I, I really believe that. Like, a whole, wholeheartedly, hundred percent believe that. So. It really don't matter to me if it's Houston, if it's Indy, if it's Jacksonville. So what? Like, we've beaten all three teams, right? And I get it. It's hard to beat a team twice. But you know what, man? So we can go out there and duplicate it. I've been saying the same thing. We got a defense that travel. This is a championship-caliber defense. We can pull up to any side, any city and handle our business, right? You know what I mean? We know what our Achilles heels is. The run game been suspect. We got a team that's been turning the ball over no matter who's a, who's the quarterback or who's that running back. So, like, just don't shoot ourselves in the foot at the least opportune time. Just go out there and handle your business. We'll be cool. I haven't seen anyone say – I haven't seen anyone say I think the Texans will beat the Browns. In, in all the conversation leading up to the, how the game's played out today, I don't think I saw anyone pick a AFC South team over the Browns. I just think if you're choosing between certain teams, looking at the matchups and the players on the other side, I do think it's fair to say you match up better with a certain team than the other. So I don't think anyone's scared of the Texans, GR. I just think given the choice, if you had to pick a team to play, like you want to play the worst team. So I, I, I think what you're saying is totally valid. But On the flip side of that, I mean, when you look at these teams, last time I seen it, Amari Cooper set a record against the Houston Texans. He did. So he did. It, it's, it's like, I, I mean, the Texans, I, like for real, I, I for real. I scared of the Texans. Listen, like, I, like we struggle. If, like if we're being matchup. honest. We, we like struggled the most with the Colts. Out of all the teams that we faced, yeah. the Colts was the team we struggled with. So we'll yeah. be all right. Uh, G, what do you think of David Bell in the second half there? I know it was garbage time in the Texans. I mean, the, the Bengals had kind of called off the dogs at that point. But still, two catches, two touchdowns, both on kind of play calls that were pretty aggressive. Well, you know, um, you know, you know, it's just so crazy, man, is I was looking at my backyard and um, – you know, I was like, man, it's really like snowing. And it's crazy because I, I think I'm going to have a person come over and look at my backyard. I'm going to put a deck up and I'm going to have a, like an indoor type joint. And then I was thinking, because y'all was over here before, I think I need some other stuff like a backyard and, and with, a, with like a like a like an outdoor facility to go to the bathroom. Because, you know, my house is kind of a. You know what you say, G Bush, what the heck is you talking about? There was all the things I was thinking about when David Bell caught them touchdown passes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. I was over here listening. No, you got I, was, me, G. You, I, I thought I thought you had checked into another podcast. Why? I, I thought G's patrol. Uh-huh. You 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 gotta listen to the end. Boy, listen, these dudes, I wasn't looking at none of that. Shout out to David Bell. He showed he had a pulse. He might be on the squad. 
he, he listen, he got he about to get on FaceTime, talk to his people. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of JV dudes out there that was today that got exposed. Because you know how it be, Earl. You be here, they're sitting here talking. They be sitting over there in the dorms, hanging out, playing video games and playing Madden. Like, man, I should be starting. I should be getting all kind of minutes. These dudes ain't that good. Coach Coach Schwartz don't even put me in. All of a sudden, they just break into whose highlight tape from high school was better. No, y'all got exposed today. And we better get all of them, all of them starters back. We want everybody back. You had a chance today. You got smoked. It's okay. We love you. You the JVs. You got another year to grow. But I wasn't worried about that. Shout out to David uh, Bell. <laughs> like they they won't admit it, and I'm not accusing nobody of kind of like not being there. But if you just read the body language, if you just read the energy, it really didn't seem mm. like they was up to play nah. this game. Like, like <laughs> this was dozing off on the sideline. Everybody like this was this the players that was out there. Like it was just one of those man. I, I, if if it's like for those who play Madden. And you play every game in a franchise, right? And then you get to that last week and you don't already clinch the clinch your playoff spot. Like you don't play that last game. You turn the injuries off and then you simulate it and 2%. you get to the playoffs. Yeah. With the little colorful back on, and colorful. this how this was. Only the only difference was we couldn't turn the injuries off. But right. yeah. like they was just trying to simulate this game and get it out of there. It sucks though, man, because I was really gonna get them 50 memberships tomorrow. So, <laughs> but nah, ain't Flacco, no look. Flacco for Flacco. It, it is unfortunate how it ended. By the way, according to FanDuel, the Browns are one and a half point favorites in Houston next week. So, the expectation, even against a good quarterback, is the Browns should win on the road. So, uh, any Browns fear out the window. They're now the favorites, which is a good sign. Uh, real quick, and if anyone else has anything else you guys want to chime in on, by all means, I'm going to ask one more question. Then I'm out of questions because there's not really a lot to talk about from this game but gee we asked the question on friday how good would this defense be without the stars if jim schwartz is still coaching and once again i don't give a rat's ass about the outcome it is what it is i i, I don't care i was a little surprised at how easily the Bengals starters were able to kind of move up and down the field without any resistance now once again i don't care i want that on the record i do not care i'm just saying i was a little surprised because even the Browns' backups, they got a lot of talented guys there. And at the end of the day, it's starters versus backups. The Bengals did what they were supposed to have done. But I was a little surprised that there wasn't a little more resistance. What's the name? Bull said this before. Act like you done been there. Well, we ain't been there, coach. <laughs> we ain't been there before. These dudes, I seen it the way they was looking. When they ran up on the field, they, it wasn't. Like, I seen Alex Wright. And I was like, <laughs> it's a difference between. They try to hype it up like. Miles Garrett was telling Alex Wright this was his time to get his money off, like he was some sort of game wrecker or something. I'm like, y'all stop the cap, like, <laughs> I, we we like, like man, we acted like listen, Cedric Tillman and David Bell was out there, like they was just like they was gonna be deep threats, and like this was just them. It was a coming out party. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't. It's a difference between when you out there playing with the big homies against the other block, but when it's you. And you playing against the other block, it's it's kind of tough when ain't nobody out there with you. Yeah. Nah, listen, Jim Shorts is mad too. He was looking like, man, I done messed up all these stats. I was gonna use these stats to get me a little head coaching interview. I can't do nothing now. We middle of the pack. Gotta made us drop all the way back to 16th in total defense from this effort. And man, these cats ain't doing talk about nothing. No, we I still I, I'm and I'm not clowning them. Shout out to them, but y'all do realize. Like you start to realize the difference between up top and real There's game. Yeah, it's a, it's levels. It's way way more levels than we thought. 
Yeah. Earl? I mean, I have nothing else to add on to that. All right, then I'll ask one more question. Earl, I'll start with you, then Gene, and we honestly can wrap up. We got they finish. really got smoked. When Earl said, I This is a 18 game, man, like to yeah. where, like, I really – I ain't got no super deep analysts, man. It was a bunch of backups playing in a meaningless game that we lost. So the season ends. Miles Garrett has 14 sacks. The next leading sack number on the Browns, Darius Smith at five and a half. Then you had Alex Wright with five. Gee, I'm coming to you next. We did before the season. We talked about all the different guys on the Browns that could end up with 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 sacks and how this team as a collective unit we thought could put up 50, 60 sacks. And this defense was phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. The best defense in football, and they generated a ton of pressure without actually getting sacks. But when you look at that final tally and you see 14 and then five and a half, five, four and a half, four. I'm just shocked that the numbers aren't higher because of how effective they were generating pressure. And our thing from last year, when you look at the list, it went 16 to three and a half, which was a bigger drop off. But I'm just shocked that this defense was as effective and as good and dominant, frankly, as it was with only one guy having more than five and a half sacks. I mean, something got to give sometimes, right? Like it, it, the sack numbers didn't tally up the way that we might have envisioned, but this team is going to finish this season first or second in the NFL in takeaways, right? Yeah. This season is going to finish in the top five in total defense this year. So the sack numbers through across the board wasn't ideally as high as people would like them to say, but I, I mean, it is what it is. This it is a total matter. defense that, that you know, they showed up, they bought all, all year long, so. I remember a day on the panel, G, you and I were out there arguing against Bull with how Zedarius was going to have 11 and 12 and Ogbo could, could threaten 10. And it turned out we were wrong and even better, we were wrong and it didn't make a difference. This defense was still damn near dominant as good as any of the team in the league. So were you surprised, just like I was, that some of those numbers weren't higher, knowing once again it didn't actually impact the overall effectiveness of this unit? Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you this. Um... Let me give you this. Um, when you look at some of the other other pieces and parts and why it looks like that, when you lead the league in third down setups, it's the three and outs. That's less reps you got to get it to the quarterback. When you top one two deep, one two defenses and turnovers, you, you're gonna listen. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have a, a, a lot less time to get to the quarterback. Even when Miles Garrett is getting to the quarterback. At an all-time rate of 1.2, 1.3 seconds, you're not going to be able to get to the ball. So that means quarterbacks are throwing the ball quicker than they've ever thrown it, which gives you less time to get home. You're getting three and out, so there's not sustained drives. They're not putting up points. You're getting turnovers, get the ball back to the defense, or excuse me, the offense. It's a lot, it's a lot less opportunities to get sacks. Actually, it makes it harder because now – Teams are well, well, well aware of what you do best, and they're they're going to be like, okay, well, let's just get the ball out quick. Let's fi- figure out what we can do run after catch, and you just don't have the same amount of opportunities you once did on the defense that was horrible at getting off the field, horrible about taking the ball away, and couldn't stop the run. So you had a lot of sustained drives, a lot of you know first and ten, do it again. So I, when when you look at a great defense. And I, we'll go. We'll go to to Earl. It's like when you know you got a great defense, 
you try to you you try to stop them in the computer as many times as you can. Like you're like, oh, it's 35 more seconds. I can get another interception, right? And we're gonna make them throw the ball. Like so, you know, it, sometimes it don't it look like it, people are off a little bit, but it's hitting in the numbers a little bit. And you and I think the sack numbers are, are hidden in some of the other good things that the Browns are doing. Yeah, like I said, it's it wasn't an issue. The Browns defense generated pressures at the second highest rate of any team in football, only behind Baltimore. They had the number one yards against defensive football. They were number one and two in almost every analytic measure you could possibly look at. So the sack numbers themselves may have been down, but in the big picture, it didn't make a difference at all. And if that's any indictment or any reason as to why Miles Garrett should be defensive player of the year, it shows that those traditional box score stat numbers, G, don't really make a difference. 19 versus 14, but one had way more pressures at the end of the day. You take that, you run to the bank. Any final thoughts before we wrap up, guys? The floor is yours. Go Browns. I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> G? Hey, man, listen. Somebody just noticed that my setup was crazy in the background. Sometimes I'd be telling you I'm sneaky, bro. Like, like, this is a fire setup. You see what the lights look like? It almost looked like you somewhere, ain't it? You you might. This is a real deal setup. Y'all got to pick it up. So pick up early. Uh, but no, I'll just decide. Um, Easy money. Um, y'all, y'all get ready, man. UCSS, we're gonna be rocking and rolling all, all week. This is the week you want to tap in, tell your people about yep. us, let everybody know. This is the place you want to be for your Cleveland Browns run up to the Houston, Texas. We're gonna have all the the all the McNuggets gonna have the crazy stats. We're gonna have all the crazy facts. We'll run it all the way up to Friday and be on TV. But this is the place you want to be. We're gonna have record numbers. Get in early. Because we're going to be doing it big, and we're going to get ready for this victory against the Texans' first-round wild card in a long time. So so support and make sure you're in on time, bro. Respect. We do have one super chat I missed. James Cosby said, I'll talk more next week, but now the young players won't be smelling themselves. A little bit of reality check. And also, last, last, last thing, if you missed it, and I don't know why the NBA scheduled the Cavs to play at the same time as the Browns, but Jared Allen blocked the living dog crap out of Wemby on a two-handed tomahawk dunk. If you missed it, it's the block of the year in the NBA so far. Check it out. And for that, for Earl, for Jim. Hold on. Barbershop coming back this week. We back this week, McNuggets. You are? Monday, okay, good. good. Monday and Thursday, we back. We're going to be ready to go uh, uh, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. So make sure you, some people was asking about that. Now go ahead and wrap that up. Beautiful. All right. For Earl, for G, it's McNuggets. We'll see you on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show tomorrow. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.